Welcome to another episode of the Emulsion Podcast, a show for chefs who want to think better, increase their performance, and believe that it's possible to take lessons from what others have learned. I am your host, Justin Kana, and I'd love to continue the conversation with you from this episode on my online circle community. There you can share your two cents and learn about supporting the show on justinkana.com slash support. For your convenience, it's also linked up in the description of your podcast player. Let's get into the show. What is up, folks? My guest today is Arti Sampath. She has beat Bobby Flay. She has worked at the Michelin star Janoon in New York City, ran the food truck here in Seattle called Kukri, and she's now the head chef at Chinese Tuxedo in New York. Arti and I met when a restaurant real estate friend of mine actually brought her as a plus one to one of my farmer's market dinners that I used to do. I think I've covered that on the channel before, and we basically hit it off from there. And this was a great opportunity to get some insane value points from her on the record. This is one of those interviews where it ended. I was like, can we just publish this right now? Uh, but, you know, just to catch up with her as well was fantastic and to hear how she's been doing in pandemic times. If you enjoyed this interview, I highly recommend you queue up my conversation with Natalie Popcave uh, to learn more about launching your own thing, creating online, and building a brand. If at any point you would like to pause and check out RT Online or any of these specific linkable things that we discuss, please do check out the show notes below in the description or on justincona.com slash me. Media. Let's get into this interview. Thanks for being with me. Yeah. Um, so thanks for coming on the show. Uh, it's really a delight to have you, and I hope you're well. Yeah, thank you so much for uh, thinking of me. Totally. It's uh, w- well when we when we met, I thought your path was so so interesting, and as as an interesting place to start, I thought that I would, you know, Food Network and Food TV in particular has mm-hmm. gotten. I've heard so many polarizing stories, right? People who say, Mm -hmm. I had this opportunity and I got all this notoriety or I I got access to an audience. And it ultimately gave me the opportunity to blank, launch a grocery brand, launch my restaurant, do a food truck, do whatever. Mm -hmm. And then I've also heard the opposite end where I got this call from Food Network. They told me to be on this thing and through the editors editing my piece wrong, or they made me look like a fool, or I got knocked out too early and it was actually harmful for my reputation. And I think that there's a lot of, in the age of Instagram, right, where everybody seems to have their own presence online, that's how Food Network, at least from what I've noticed, picks people to be on these shows now. It's like if you have an audience, they'll... So I guess to the person who maybe has just been reached out to by Food Mm -hmm. Network or is considering applying for an opportunity on TV, what what advice do you have for those people? Um, Firstly... uh... You've known me. Do you think I am a conniving bitch? Zero. <laughs> no. <laughs> the last words I would use to describe you. So I was called back for the show and uh, for like one of those masters kind of um, chopped uh, episode. And I got knocked out um, in the first round. And um, I think I was like kind of upset or, you know, they definitely showed showcased me as that woman who's the the angry brown woman and who's like who says I, I just said like yes yeah, the boys club and then they kind of just uh wrapped the story around that so I've been on both ends of the spectrum and then I got like messages on Instagram I literally was crying <laughs> I had <laughs> you know, tears just like falling down my eyes when I would read uh, messages like, yeah, serves you right. You, you're you not as talented as XYZ and you are, um, uh, yeah, you don't have half as, 
much of the talent as he did. And he, because, so um, from that experience, I also understood that um, the memory of the viewer is so limited. Like a week after that, I was again back to normal. And, you know, it definitely hurt me uh, for the for that moment. But then people forget. So I think chefs shouldn't take these shows very seriously. And yes, it is uh, very crucial for you to understand that uh, all these game shows are, it's a game show. It is not um, judging your food um, capabilities. Yes, of course, I mean, you are going to try and make uh, delicious food. Uh, however, the time time can get the best of you. It's 20 minutes, like for God's sake. It's 30 minutes, for God's sake. Uh, some of those ingredients can be insane. Like for the last show, I got caviar. I got like um, uh, pizza pockets. I got eggplant and I got some other uh, weird ingredient. So sure. I had no idea what to do with it. Well, uh, it so also doesn't, to me. it also doesn't, uh, pose a, a generally good reflection on the things that you and I as chefs actually value, right? Exactly. Like being able to run a business, exactly. being able to talk to a team or, you know, coach a team, lead a team, you mm -hmm. actually be able to write a menu, you know, like all, yeah, yeah, yeah. all these sorts of things. So it's, it's a game. It's just there a little game show. It's like going on Jeopardy or something. That's, that's pretty much uh, what it is. And, um, yeah, my advice would definitely be be mindful with your words. Um, try to be as positive, even if you think like uh, it's not. But if you want to drive a point, it's a great place um, as well. So uh, you don't know what they're going to edit or what they're going to do at the end of it. So um, One yeah. thing I've seen you do really well on the back of that whole thing is is kind of, mm -hmm. and I've, I've seen this with other people who have competed as well, is this sense of being able to cultivate an audience of your own? Because those are the people that ultimately in a situation like your horror story, they're going to have your back, you know, because they know you versus the yeah. people who, you know, if you're trying to build the audience from Food Network or, you know, any sort of media project, whether mm -hmm. you're on First We Feast or, you know, any sort of YouTube concept or, you know, on someone's mm -hmm. podcast, you know, like uh, the, the value and that that's like these secondary motivations that I give to people uh, mm -hmm. for building an audience online because whether or not it's Food Network, it could be a food critic, you know, who happens mm -hmm. to go eat at your place or an influencer who eats your food and right. happens to interpret it in a wrong way and they try to slander you, you can have all this backlog of content of like, this is what I was actually trying to do mm -hmm. and those, mm -hmm. those people will have your back. So can you talk a little bit about like, obviously most of us, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, most of us chefs who end up creating content aren't media trained we didn't go to film school you know we don't have yeah, a degree yeah, in marketing right. so like what has been valuable for you in creating content online as a chef um i have to i have to say like hours of scrolling as well <laughs> major addiction that i'm trying to get out of um <laughs> keep it um, real i love it yeah um so um i think getting inspiration from um, watching others. And I think it's also like timed. I, I think the best, biggest like challenge now is like reels. It's 30 seconds. How do you create a cohesive recipe in 30 seconds? 
So it cannot be over like six or seven ingredients. Uh, your food has to just look beautiful. And uh, at the end of the day, sometimes I also think um, if you're a chef who does like extensive, uh, elaborate cooking, um, you're uh, maybe sometimes it's not all you 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 may not have like a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand followers, but even the if you're doing like the content that you're supposed to do, like showcases who you are, and the right people see it. That's what I think about my page. I'm not there to only just uh, have uh, followers who are um, probably not helping me getting new gigs. Uh, it's also my portfolio because when I send my resume, I also have my Instagram on it. So um, big companies, I get hired all the time, you know, with, we all get hired all the time with the Instagram. And now that I put, if I put like, uh, if I do the whole new nature serial on it, you know, it does not really add value to who I am as a chef. So um, I, when I try to create content that I believe in, that I am, um, and if, if I, I mean, I'm trying to be as consistent as I can, of course, that's important, but I think you have to stay true to who you are and who your target is. So much wisdom in that from, from, from not just even your first point, like it, it seems like this thing that's like, oh, well, I just look at what other people are doing, but you know, you can't, there, there's no Instagram university because whatever curriculum they set would be outdated in 24 months, you know? So you actually, right. like, you actually have to look and see what's working, you know, like, mm -hmm. oh, the chefs that slap their food just tends to do well, whether you or I like it or not, like people who, you <laughs> oh, know, really? are just violent with their ingredients, like it happens <laughs> to do well. And it's like, you can, you can take that or leave that, but you can't, right. you can't not acknowledge that it's working, you know, to your right, point of like, right. I'm acknowledging that certain types of presentations or certain lengths of you know, food or, or even like the aesthetic n details that you're noticing, it's like mm -hmm. all of that is important, you know? And, and, and then to your other point of, um, whenever, um, there's so many people who just like, they'll reach out, uh, or in meetings, they'll say like, Oh, I saw this on your Instagram. You just don't notice that. And I do it instinctively too. If I'm looking up a restaurant, I don't go mm -hmm. to their Google page, find their website. I just look them up on Instagram, you know, Instagram, and so it's also, right. it's almost become this, like, like you said, it's your portfolio slash business card slash, you know, so if, if you're looking at it as this professional thing, how can you make it the most, um, it's like this little thing that's always living and working for you on the internet. You know, it's like this little, mm -hmm. little, uh, you know, like secretary front desk thing, you know, anybody who comes yeah, and right. interacts with you, that's the first thing that they notice. And how can you make right. that the most valuable thing, thing as possible? So I know that you brought it up as a point and, and as we're talking about, I was wanting to get your take on, on Indian food, just cooking Indian food in general, because it's something that, um, I know that you Im immensely lean towards and, and, and kind of push out into the forefront and, and I've been, and then you, you brought up that you wanted to talk about expanding into out, out like cuisines yeah. outside of Indian food. But I'm the opposite, right? So I, my background is in like modern American French food, but then like my dad's right. from Delhi. And so I'm trying to like go the opposite right. way, like try to get more into it. So I was curious if you, if, if you and I could riff on that for a little bit as far as like, um, how do you, how, how, how do you see the current state of 
Indian food as it's being kind of like brought into more mainstream and then, you know, other areas of India are getting more love mm-hmm. that they previously weren't getting uh, prior to now. And then, you know, of course, we'll, we'll, we'll go from there into speaking about you right. branching out. So, um, uh, believe it or not, um, the reason why I got into Indian food when I came to the States was um, I just quickly realized I was actually, before I came here, I did mostly Asian food. So I was Thai and Vietnamese trained. Uh, and I did a lot of, uh, I also like spent a year doing French cuisine, like sure. back in India. Sure. So was in, uh, I had uh, like a total different food background and I had some Indian food experience from an amazing restaurant back in uh, Delhi. Um, so when I came to the States and then when was I was this? On when a, did you come to the this States? This was um, 2013. Okay. So I went to Johnson and Wales. Um, was there for a year. Uh, came out. I I was a sous chef back in India, and I had to start back as a line cook. So that like blew my mind, firstly, and I was definitely scared and stressed because I had to also deal with my visa situation because I was on a student visa and I needed a company to sponsor me. Um, and I felt at the time that the only way I can really outlive the whole visa situation is to get into Indian food and sort of create a mark in Indian food. So I had like a vision for myself and I really had to learn um, the way America eats Indian food. I mean, I mean, I was naive at the time, to be honest. I thought that was, that was the path for me. Um, so I got into Indian food and um, the minute I was like in restaurants, um, I realized like it's it's insane. Uh, the ingredients are like so terrible. You're using canned tomatoes. You're using <laughs> like ginger garlic that's made like a week old, and then you're uh, you just millions of shortcuts, and um, and that's where I got more uh, got serious about it. Um, and then there were, of course there's modern twists and turns um, through there. So um, it was. I think it was a combination of the visa situation, me missing, uh, you know, my culture. And um, um, once I got in, I realized how messed up it is. It, the uh, Indian food is not, um, has been so severely bastardized that I was like pretty much shocked. Um, and uh, I'm trying, I'm, I want to be that, uh, play that role as a chef that, no, this is not how we eat back home, completely not. And that we are way more advanced. Like if you go to uh, Mumbai or Delhi and you see the kind of food that's churned out, and um, I just feel like India, uh, sorry, the U- U.S. is still like backward, like severely backward when it comes to uh, Indian food. So I definitely did that fight for like three, three and a half, four years. When you think about Indian food that gets presented at um, it's it, I, I struggle to use the word high level because like what what does that actually mean uh, that you you know we could we could argue that till forever mm-hmm. and, and maybe that's part of my question but there's this sense that I've experienced from um, someone can make a incredibly well made lentil dish mm-hmm. and they take that. A lentil dish and they put a, a one spoon of it onto a canapé spoon and they put mm-hmm. that on a plate and that's fine dining Indian food. 
you know, right. it, it, because there, there's this sense of um, layering flavors and things cooked for a long time, uh-huh. and, you know, just like and, and, and so presenting it in a way that is um, modern or small or in a way mm-hmm. where you can have multiple servings right. of it doesn't always work with Indian food. But then right. at the same time, it's like I think you and I can both acknowledge that like when you have the opportunity to serve someone multiple things, you have just more opportunities to show them, you know, what you can do yeah, as yeah. a chef. And so I guess, how do you grab, this is like a personal question because I struggle right. with it all the time. So like, how do you grapple with, um, because on the other end, if you were to take all of the ingredients that were in that doll dish, mm-hmm. remix them in a way that actually presents well, still holds the integrity right. of that idea you instantly get labeled as, oh, well, you're bastardizing this thing. You know what I mean? Even though you're actually trying to push the food forward and, you know, quote unquote, elevate it, whether it needs to be elevated or not is another story. But like, how do you, how do you grapple with that? Because it's something that I just like, I'm, my head spins every time I try to think about it. (laughs) I, I just firmly, um, you know, I firmly believe that good food is good food. You know, it can, you can, make a dal, like you can puree it, you can freeze it, you can do whatever. But once it hits my tongue and I'm happy and it makes me, maybe it gives me nostalgia, it uh, creates like an amazing food memory and I'm just uh, like amazed by how it tastes. I think you've, you know, you've won that battle. I think with like regional cuisine, what happens, and I think I'm sure like uh, our Asian friends, um, would attest to that as well is we're so we want to hold on to you know oh my god this is my maki dal and this is how my mom or this is what I had in Delhi and this is exactly how it should be I think uh, we have to like let it go or we're not going to uh, progress I'm growing up I remember eating these um, uh, like North, North Indian curries with like an inch of oil that would like float on top. And yeah. that was considered like, that's how it's it's called Rogan, sure. you know, that oil on top. And, you, you know, you have to have Rogan when you have that goat curry or whatever. And, but today I'm, I'm going to have acid reflux, yep. you know? Uh, yep. uh, so uh, like the new, um, I don't know if it's a new generation or the way we eat today, we want to eat, incorporate like a more balanced diet. And, probably not going to do that you know I think that is what is modernization to me um I I I don't really I I really appreciate if chefs are um pushing the boundary and they're you know like using Indian flavors and they're just uh you know they're changing it changing uh, the way it looks and texture or whatever I think that's that's totally fine as long as you're not just uh I think there's a line from that where it gets to pretentious, right? Sure. Once it, you're, uh, you don't even understand if you're not like really tasting it and you don't understand if the food is actually um, like delicious or not. Yeah, it's like you have to respect those that came before you, but that doesn't mean that um, you can't, there's a, there's a quote and, and the people who get the newsletter know exactly what quote I'm talking about. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes if I, if I remember it, but okay. it's something to the effect of like, the, the people before us showed us the way, 
but it's it's mm-hmm. not on them to do the next part. You know what I mean? It's on That's us. Right. It's on us to do the next part. You know, and, and it's not to say that we uh, be the bratty teenager who just says, you know, <laughs> screw you, mom and dad. You know, like I'm gonna go do whatever because you lose so much in that process. You know, like you, right. you're, you're you're telling yourself that you're gonna start from zero, which is so silly. You know, because it's mm-hmm. like, why would you if you have all this advantage of knowledge? Mm-hmm. Why would you not build on that? Um, which I think is is interesting. But then there was this other point that. I hope that we can see, and and this could be happening in in, in small microcosms that I don't necessarily um, Mm -hmm. know about, but I want to see more people being confident naming their own dish. You know, I think Mm -hmm. a lot of, like, um, I'm thinking through, like, um, you know, like duck all orange, you know, like people, people know what that entails, uh, mm-hmm. even though it's, it's, it's like, because I think now if people were to write that on, you know, some sort of menu, it would be duck, orange, onion, you know, <laughs> with the, with the slashes, you know what I mean? Right. When in reality, it's like, you say duck all orange or you say, um, you say risotto and people know exactly what mm-hmm. you're like, what, where, where, when is that going to come back into, into style or I guess, or when are people going to have the confidence to start to name the, their own dishes again? Uh, cause I think that there's this idea that you, uh, who who gave you the authority to name your own dish? It's like, well, I made it. You know, it's like, yeah, I, right. I, and and so I hope I hope we certainly see more of that. You you mentioned wanting to branch out and explore mm-hmm. different cuisines, and you and you have background in in other food, not just Indian food or Thai food. What what would you see? How would you define success in branching out? Is it adding more th- more stuff to your repertoire is it opening a concept that actually doesn't have any ties to indian food you would be like yep i, mm-hmm. I conquered another cuisine mm-hmm. you know i did i did a good job um right. what where do you, how do you define that or what resources have been helpful as you've been trying to to expand um i think when i got into the industry um uh, probably like 14 15 years ago i think the goal for me was to just make amazing food. I had the uh, curiosity to understand how do they flip that pizza and how do you make cake? Like it, it was just amazing that how do you just have a batter and you put it in the oven and it comes out and it's like fluffy and nice. Um, so I had that curiosity in me uh, constantly and I felt like um, I had lost it like somewhere in between because I was it was repetitive um, I was trying to be creative with the same kind of ingredients. Um, uh, I felt like I had a border around me. Oh no, you can't, cannot use uh, grapeseed oil. We don't use it in our cuisine. Try you doing something with like sesame or whatever. So um, I uh, was tired of that. And then when I went on Chopped, um, oh, you're, we'll name you the Spice Mistress. How's that? And I didn't really want it, but I just like went along with it. So that's another thing with these TV shows. They can like, uh, they need to typecast people immediately. And then um, I realized, wow, Indian food is not the only thing I like to cook. Like I can do like kick ass, like curries and I can do so much, uh, so much more. And uh, I'm not going to allow this country to just like uh, put me in a box, which they love to do. And um, I don't care, like maybe if I had just stuck to Indian food in all these years, I would have probably had my own restaurant. Uh, But I chose to just, again, follow that passion of, you know, that curiosity of 
understanding uh, other herbs and other flavors. So I, uh, that's when the food truck happened and I could just play with whatever ingredient I wanted. I didn't have any boundaries, uh, but the, you know, the nature of the food truck was it was healthy food. So, um, can That's, you put that I on think, the timeline for us when when the food truck happened and you know give a little bit of backstory on that for everybody that doesn't yeah, know yeah, yeah. that that chapter for you? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I had um, I had left Janoon and I joined uh, the Breslin, which is another Michelin star restaurant um, headed by April Bloomfield, and um, I was just uh, I learned so much about like ingredients and choosing the right ingredient and um, honoring that versus Indian food has a different philosophy of cooking where we often don't um, really uh, worry about like is the fish cooked perfectly or we've like completely like uh, you know like murdered the, <laughs> the yeah. goat or whatever so yeah. um, it was a total change for me and um, I, I, it was so good that I could like get the both best of both, like understand flavors as well as learn, you know, like really focus on great techniques. And, uh, during that time, um, I was re you know, someone from, um, Seattle, um, who was an ex manager at Amazon reached out to like collaborate and do a food truck in, uh, Seattle and, um, I said I I would I don't mind doing it, but the on the premise that I have completely like, I can use whatever ingredient I want. I don't want to be typecast. I don't want to be put in a box, and uh, that's what we did. That's such a like dig into that a little bit because I think that there is this sense of you know young chefs or people who haven't had their first project before something comes up or something gets presented to them or they get connected to someone. And it almost becomes like that, that wolf in the suit, you know what I mean? Like they're just going to, they're going to take you for a ride. They're going to completely just label you, like you said, put you in a box. So like if someone, like what advice do you have for people as they're starting to get these opportunities? Because it seems like you really like dug your, dug your feet in and said, you know, like this is, I'm going to do this. Uh, and you like confidently presented almost, but it, but it, it, it's not like this arrogant thing, right? It's almost like you're, right. you're negotiating. It's a negotiation, right? So, so mm -hmm. how can people, maybe my question should be like, how can people negotiate better? Or what should people keep in mind as they're negotiating with these opportunities? Right. Um, I think it's very um, important when uh, you you get presented an opportunity that you're not sure of whatever. I think you go, uh, you definitely ask them for some time, uh, come back home, um, and just like spend a few minutes, uh, like writing down the pros and cons. And I definitely suggest like calling a mentor or talking to someone who's been in the industry for a while. I mean, there are two sides to it. Sometimes, uh, it can go like, you know, you don't want to be, uh, influenced by someone else's life path. I also, so, uh, you have to choose your mentor, uh, like wisely and, um, if you see that there are things that maybe it's like your paycheck or your, you know, something that you ab like, maybe I uh, say that I can only do work five days a week. Like I'm not going to kill myself or something. I think however hard the conversation is, have it before you sign the contract. And, 
uh, most likely, like a lot of times, if you, they really want you, they, there'll be a middle ground there for sure. So running this, this business <laughs> that, that was, you know, food trucks in, in, in my experience, and, and I worked on a food truck, like I, I would run mm-hmm. shifts on a food truck. I didn't own a food truck, food truck business. But it, it is different than, than a pop-up or a restaurant. Like, it's, it is this kind of middle ground. Like, but it, it seems to be still this very attractive, you know, business venture as either beta testing mm-hmm. a concept or uh, we're actually going to scale this and we're going to have eight of yeah, these yeah. trucks, you know. So, so I guess learnings from, from food truck life, would you, would you do it again? Pros and cons, um, I guess if someone uh, ends up finding this interview and says, you know, RT is going to be my mentor, uh, you know, what, if you <laughs> right. had to have that phone call with someone now, like, what would you, what would you share with yeah. them? Um, I think you're right about a food truck being a great space to test a concept. It, you can't, you cannot like just uh, hang on to it for like years. You ha- if you have a plan in mind where you're, from a truck, I'm moving on to a space or uh, there is opportunity to like do more. But I think like from one truck, if you do more trucks, you're diluting your, um, um, your uh, what's that called? Like you're diluting your the need for you. If 400 people come to your truck at XYZ location, if you have two trucks, most likely... 200 people come to one and 200 go to the other, you know, wherever they're, whichever one is close to them. So uh, from that point of view, I don't see um, like a huge scalability with, um, uh, I mean, I'm sure like the different models to it, like there are exceptions uh, to all these pieces of advice, but it's like, you want to keep that exclusivity factor. Like it's gotta be cool still. If it loses the cool, it's not. Yeah. Yeah, that that's another thing, and also it's. Uh, I also learned that it's just as difficult as, uh, and it's just as expensive as uh, opening a restaurant. Maybe a little less uh, uh, in the beginning, but then they, they, there are a lot of um, challenges that you're dealing with. You're still paying rent wherever you can't just park it anywhere. Wherever you park, and they're they're like government uh, appointed like parking spots. You just you can't just like show up uh, in any neighborhood or so. So those are things to keep in mind. And I've also seen that it seems to be a very family-oriented venture. Um, I think we were definitely an exception, you know, where everybody's in, so the money stays in the... Because um, it can be like some days, a city like Seattle, oh my God, like if it rains, you're getting no clients. So... Um, it's a based off like uh, because it's based off like the weather and uh, uh, the kind of you know the, you, the neighborhood you go to. If they're uh, they they don't eat like whatever you're trying to offer, uh, there's a high chance that you may not like. So uh, there's it's it's like a restaurant, but you also have to have a commissary. That's another thing that people forget. Like you cannot cook everything on the food truck. You have to cook it at the commissary, then take it with you. You need to have someone who knows how to drive a truck. That's so um, keeping all these things in mind. I think for me, a restaurant is probably much easier because you're, you know, you have to go to just one place. You're not worried about like trying, you have to fight for parking. Uh, You know, you have to get on the website like at 12.01 a.m. and then like 
search for parking and it's it's such like an insane I, I didn't realize like it would be so crazy. You're um, you're ruining the movie Chef for everybody in the in the best <laughs> way. Like in the best I'm way. So like, sorry. <laughs> no. I, I, I love the 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 practicalities of it because it really is this uh, you know, yeah. you it's it's like the it's like this very targeted version of I think we've all seen those those friends of ours who can host a great dinner party and then you hear those people at the dinner party say you should be a chef or like yeah. someone bakes <laughs> something nice for a party and they say you should open a bakery and it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. are you sure cuz it's like there's you just said like you just said a list of eight things that people who watch the chef food truck movie and they yeah, have yeah. this romantic idea of like I'm going to start this thing and it's going to be amazing and I'm going to you know sell out Miami it's just yeah, not yeah. It, it and it, it I'm not saying this to be discouraging either I'm right, saying right. this of like go into it with the knowledge that this is yeah. what you can expect and I don't know like call call, call it being a um like a, a glass half empty kind of yeah. perspective on it. But it's just like, I would rather have that information than get slapped right. in the face with it. Once I start, um, I yeah. just think that it's, it's so, so you, in your experience, you mentioned that you don't want to run a food truck forever. There's certainly friends of mine who own food trucks who can attest to that. Hmm. Is there a good, again, trying to arm people with information, what is like the good, the optimal time to do a food truck project in your mind where it's like you have enough time in the market where people can see who you are and what you do, mm -hmm. but it's not too much where you're like, you're running this thing and you mm -hmm. hate it, you know, and it's yeah, like, yeah, Hey, yeah, come yeah. on, let's, let's get it, get it moving. Um, um, it, timeline can be, it's so difficult to say. Uh, I think for us, uh, we, I think hit it off really, uh, in the beginning as well, uh, uh, beginning itself, like we would, uh, I think we got a lot of like uh, people like saw us and they heard about us. So I think after a year we were able to, um, uh, we were able to get on, uh, um, you know, we could have done a restaurant if we wanted to. Uh, so it really depends on like visibility, your idea, unique, um, all that kind of stuff. Now, if there are like 10 other burger trucks, you know, it's, it's hard to get noticed. You might, it might take like three, four years. So you have to know if you're, you have to kind of figure out if you're ready to do it or not. Um, yeah, there's flexibility. Maybe you can take a month off, like during, like, I don't know, during uh, when it's like winter or something. And most likely a lot of trucks take like time off for like a couple of months. Um, so there's like some added like bonus to it, uh, one or two things. But yeah, you if you want to be there in the long haul of um, it, expect like any restaurant like three five years probably. Sure. Um, for sure. When you're, and I'm gonna use this. I'm gonna do this as an in an industry context, and then we can talk more about just like overall in general. When you're mm -hmm. talking to to young chefs, whether it's you you're looking to hire for a gig that you're doing, or you know you're mm -hmm. you're wanting to bring on someone to help you with a new project, and you're interviewing that person, you're having maybe that first conversation. Maybe they've done a stage working shift with you, and you're sitting down at the end of that, and you ask them questions. You can give some examples of questions you ask if you want. What do you look for in their answers, or how they answer questions? Mm -hmm. I usually like to put them to work immediately. 
um, and then ask questions. So definitely want to see how you move in the kitchen, how you're talking to, uh, um, you know, it's like the first date, right? How do you talk? Exactly. To, like, <laughs> uh, you can't figure out everything. Like all the bad stuff comes out later, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but um, I've also grown to realize that uh, we're all human beings. You know, I have my flaws and, um, you know, people will have theirs. But I think putting people to work and first figuring out if they can, um, you know, w move around the kitchen, they can use a knife, uh, they uh, clean mostly. Um, and then, like, sitting down and asking about... Um, I think from city to city, it's so different. Like New York, New York, York specifically, city. I think. In yeah. Your mind, yeah, you and I agree. <laughs> New York's a different beast, completely yeah. different beast. Because people will move to New York interested in food, and they'll they'll be able to dedicate their entire life right. towards your project. And as you move outside of New York, it's just not the case. People want time with their families. People want their weekends to go right. hike. People want maybe more money, you know, like than than, yeah, than yeah, the yeah. person who's going to come and work for you for free because they're just so hungry and passionate. Like it, right. I, I completely in agreement with you. Like what else do well, you notice I, as it varies? Yeah. Um, I think uh, kind of trying to find out a little bit about their goals and um, what they want. Um, actually, recently, I just spoke to a cook that I worked with like a few years ago, and I asked him, oh, are you, are you interested in um, a cook position at my, you know, my new, uh, the new gig that I'm at? And he's like, um, I can get money anywhere. I'm looking for growth. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was so proud of him. Yeah. Uh, also, he's like, anybody can pay me this, uh, you know, uh, X, Y, Z. I just want to, like, grow. And... Uh, uh, I think as a chef, sometimes we forget that. We're like, oh, we just need someone to fill in a spot and uh, who can just, like, work and go home. Um, I'm, I'm talking, like, New York terms. This is how, like, sure. chefs talk here. Like, we just need to fill in, like, a, a, you know, a pocket. And uh, I think um, I see if they, if they, I think if someone has a little bit of, a, uh, who wants to grow a little bit, uh, gr uh, learn more, um, ask them if they're curious. I think if um, you work with people who have similar curiosity, um, they will they will they won't be afraid when you give them a new project that's like out of what they usually do. So I'm so, also maybe hearing in that answer that it's if 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 I'm a if I'm a cook that's interviewing with you, and maybe it's you know maybe it's not with you, maybe it's just a general principle, right. Like, don't be afraid to share that you're curious in other things oh, right. or share, you know, right. Like would, would, would you agree with like, um, Hey, I'm actually interested in getting a chance to butcher. I noticed that you guys do a lot of in-house right, right, butchery right. stuff. Like could, is that a possibility somewhere down the line? Like as I progress through the stations, like a lot of people right. don't feel like they can ask that cause it will be yeah, perceived yeah. as a negative, but I think you're telling me that, that it's, it can be an immense positive. It's a huge positive cause we want, a cooks to say how they truly feel. I would appreciate if a cook said, I'm here for the money and uh, I need, um, you know, I need to make X, Y, Z. I'll be more appreciative of like the honesty or someone says, I'm really here because I know your uh, butcher program is like phenomenal and I want to be a prep cook 
and probably like in a few months, like move on to uh, the butcher station. But also you have to have, um, it's it's so cutthroat, like nothing gets handed to you. Um, if you spend a few minutes after your shift or even like maybe during a shift or during a break, like hang out at the station that you enjoy, like or keep observe, you know, observe what they're doing. And uh, the day someone calls out, like, you know, hey, I can, <laughs> uh, I can kind of, so um, I think that's, I think it's not the best uh, practice that kitchens have, but it does, it, it, I think it's, uh, would you agree that it does help immensely? Sure. I think there's, there's pros and cons again this is like the theme of this episode right like there's pros right. and cons to both i think that you know certainly moving to seattle I, I i did find that there was this lack of um call it an intensity call it a uh, focus call it like mm -hmm. you know when when you're in new york you're trying to either shoot for an accolade a la a michelin star or a new york times review or you're trying to beat the other person across the street usually mm -hmm. right because like yeah, you said yeah, yeah. it's like you're trying to get foot traffic away from the you're competing yeah, yeah. right like there's this competition and i think what that can lead to by proxy is innovation the signature dishes moving certain types of cuisines forward right. attracting the best talent like all these other things come as as an amazing mm -hmm. benefit to these things that you know could be perceived as negative because it results in you know uh, mistreatment of of the staff or you know yeah, yeah, crazy yeah. long work hours or people going into debt because they can't pay their bills because they're working for free at this place you know all these bad yeah, things yeah, yeah. come with that um and then I think, you know, Seattle can, can or any other city that's not, a, you know, a large metropolitan, usually like the Michelin cities, right? Like it, it falls victim to the other uh, extreme where it's like you get complacent, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like you're talking about all these shortcuts that people take. You're, you're all of a sudden buying pre-chopped garlic when, you know, you could kind of, you know, buy fresh garlic and peel it and chop right, it right, yourself. Right. Um, but, but you're, you're, you're team happens to have an incredible quality of life they can raise a family you know like they're they're working 45 hours a week instead of yeah. 65 hours a week um and so it's like i'm constant and, and 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 i fear sometimes as we're as we're getting to this place of like wanting to have this coziness that we're going to lose this thing that ultimately pushes the the industry forward and gets mm -hmm. more people excited to join the industry because right, if we right, have all right. these restaurants where everybody's just hunky-dory and it's it's amazing mm -hmm. um like it's almost like it, it i don't know I'm, I, I don't know if you were this type of kid growing up but like um it attracts the misfits, like the people who don't fit in right. anywhere else, you know? And so it's like if we if we end up descending to the mean, you know, like we, we search for this common denominator, we're going to lose that and then it's it's going to be bad. Mm -hmm. And so it's like – but but then you, you don't want people to feel like they can't speak up and ask for a better quality of life or, or any of these other sorts of things. So it's like – I juggle both. Like I try to juggle mm -hmm. both. And I, I, like I said, I see the benefits and the downsides of, of both schools of thought. Mm -hmm, and it's mm -hmm. like you looking at them more in levers that you can pull versus right. like hard rules. You know, like if you need to turn mm -hmm. up the heat a little bit and you want to go for the acc accolade, like what's required right, to do right. that, have a conversation with your team, say, this is what we're mm -hmm. going to go for. Um, or, you know, on the, on the, I think we've seen it go the other way where it's like, um, the the dish the dishwasher uh 
breaks their or sprains their ankle and the fish cook call no call no shows and you all just happen to execute a friday night service at more people than you're used to and you can do it and then all of a sudden chef says or the general manager says like that's what we're gonna do for the next month you know like we're a five person kitchen team now you know we used to be seven but you guys did it with five so then it's like that's what we're gonna do I just don't think that's productive because it's like you have to see right. that's that's your limit, but then you have to back off from there, you know, because you right, want to be right. humming along. You don't want to be redlining well, the entire yeah. time. So, um, I mean, uh, just as someone who's lived in like uh, tier two cities like Orlando, T- Seattle, and also yep. uh, lived in New York, I can like tell you, and I've, of course, New York, I've been to so many restaurants. Today, if you uh, see the same restaurants that like, ill-treated there uh, or who, who who said, you know what, instead of a seven-person team, we're just going to cut down because, yeah, we can kind of do it and just, like, apply Band-Aids to, like, fix uh, <laughs> temporary problems. You see that they don't grow as a company that or they're stuck or they're um, – something always goes wrong. They'll so, have the whole staff turnover, right? Like, and that's yeah, such a shitty constantly, place to be. Yeah, yeah. Constantly. Uh, and you're uh, stressed – as a chef. Uh, so uh, I think I, I've, it's, it, I've seen like uh, there's definitely proof that um, that behavior does not mean your restaurant grows. It does not. Um, you can, the quality of how you work behind like shows in your food, uh, shows in your customer interactions, uh, shows in the reviews. So um, I think uh, restaurants Overall, I think if you don't have the budget to execute whatever, then do a quick service joint. Like, don't you don't have to buy $32 like plates, buy IKEA plates. Like, it's okay. But then you, I think your primary focus has to be like treat the team well, pay them as much as you can. Uh, you know, give them. It's very important to give them balance, and I think restaurants are definitely understanding that. Like benefits etc because why why does the food industry have to be like this you know crazy job for uh you know uh people who have like i don't know issues totally i don't want i don't want to say that yeah yeah uh why why can't it just be like any other um like being a bank teller yeah you know and i think uh restaurants are understanding that and the ones that actually uh, treat their team well and uh, give provide them like the other uh, extra stuff. Um, you see them; they're the last people standing. I think the pandemic is uh, showcases that. Like people come, I you know people come back. They're uh, willing to do whatever they can to uh, help the restaurant, like just um, like grow. The ones who didn't care about the employees, they're not there anymore. Most of them are not there anymore. And maybe that's, you know, the, the big, the bow on the, on the end of that loop is that, um, but you can, you can do right by how you run your business and attract the best talent, you know, because yeah. it's, it's almost like you don't want the person who wants to just be strung out on work to be your line cook like right. yes they're gonna they're gonna crush it they, they might do an amazing you know but the second that the the next restaurant comes around that's better than you 
they're yeah, gonna yeah, jump yeah. ship and they're gonna they're go gone. there. You know what yeah. I mean? So they're 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 gonna bounce. And so it's almost like you can do all these things that we're acknowledging are really great industry moving benefits. Mm-hmm. But then all because I think it comes, you know, business owners ha- have this sense of I'm gonna I'm gonna lose something if I do that. I'm gonna I'm gonna lose. <laughs> and I, I I think your point about you know the pandemic being able to be this. Um, I hesitate to use the word filter because it's, it, it, it's not true. Like it, it, it didn't, a lot of people went out of business that, that were running great businesses, you know? So it's Mm -hmm. not, it's not to say that, that, you know, only the bad guys went down, but it, it, it did, it did cause a lot of people who were, you know, overextended on their business. or they, they set up business models that weren't profitable, like they didn't survive. And it's like that, that's a, you know, you could look at that as a failure or a learning moment, you know, like next project, we're going to be much more business savvy when we go into this kind mm-hmm. of project. So it's, it's just, it's just interesting, interesting to see you, you sent through a topic that has big sister energy for sure. And it is <laughs> what immigrant kids should and shouldn't do. And so I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that as, you know, <laughs> from, from your perspective. <laughs> Um, oh my God, there's, uh, I, I mean, I wanted to talk about it, but I'm trying to like (laughs) gather my thoughts. No, it's okay. It's uh, okay. And, um, so, um, I think as, uh, an immigrant, once you uh, get into this country and you're not, I think the first thing that hits your confidence is, you don't speak the way um, an American speaks and you feel like that puts you, you don't sound as intelligent or it just puts you like at the bottom of like the, uh, you know, the cesspool or something. Um, I think somewhere you cannot let that happen to you because uh, that can't either, you know, that low confidence just carries on for years and years and, even when you start doing better, like people can sense that. And I think I'm firsthand, uh, I've experienced it myself. Like people can sense that, oh, you know what? We can take her for a ride or we can, um, I think America is a country where you have to be bold and you have to be loud. People do not respect uh, um, someone who's like soft and like meek. They just take it as a weakness and then, before you know it, you're like years go by and you're, you've been, um, you've been, you know, you've been used like in an incorrect like way. Um, another thing is the whole visa situation. Um, yes, it is. Uh, it's very scary. It's stressful because you're the beck and call of like the company that, uh, you're working with, but it does not, I mean, I think if you're a very good worker, you're, um, you really know your um, your work in and out. You're um, punctual. You're uh, you know you're doing what you think um, a good cook, a good chef, etc. has to do. Do not be afraid of your um, of your employer. Like you can talk your terms. You can talk about money. I think a lot of immigrant chefs are scared. They're like, you know what? Whatever they pay me, I'm fine with it because they're sponsoring my visa. That's not how it is. Like, you, if you're worth X, Y, Z, uh, I think it's okay to talk about it. It's um, okay to suggest changes and hold your ground. 
uh, I think a lot of immigrant uh, immigrant uh, chefs and like people from the industry feel like, you know what, I'll say things when I get my green card because I don't want to like jeopardize um, growth. I think uh, unless you say things, you're not going to grow too. So um, uh, like standing your ground is um, very crucial. And a lot of us are just so afraid that we'll lose uh, our job or we'll be sent back home. Uh, I, it's not really that easy. Like that does not... That just doesn't happen. Um, uh, also, um, I think uh, um, as um, I, I mean, I uh, as my life is testament to you know, I had a student visa to um, finally um, getting my permanent uh, residency like a couple of years ago. Uh, that it can happen. And you have to be informed really well, like read the law, like talk to lawyers constantly. Don't do it like just before your visa is going to expire. Like be very well informed um, and don't let it stress you. Like for the rest of the year, you're just thinking about, oh, my God, my visa, my visa, my visa. But you're not acting on it. So be informed. Know what the new rules are, the new laws. They keep changing uh, just read as much uh, as you can. And um, if your company is not treating you well, for example, um, I mean, it's hard to say. It, you know, it's tough to say, but you have to uh, figure a way out of like finding, you got to like move. Because th then the companies are treating you well, high chances are you're not even going to be you know, you, you're not going to grow in. Right. Uh, that's, that's, uh, it's like basically deterring what you're trying to do. And there's so, no, there's no pride in that, right? Like, like people, people, people stay in positions like that from a sense of pride. Do you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. but, but what I'm hearing you say is that you're actually hindering yourself. Like you're, you're sabotaging yeah. yourself by you're doing sabotaging that. And that's yourself. nothing to be, that's nothing to be proud of, you know? Right, right. Yeah. Okay. And you're uh, stuck in like a, you know, you're uh, you're out of time. Uh, people are like growing around you, so don't let a visa like not let you grow. Like that is, um, that's like my big, uh, you know, that there are like big companies that also sponsor visas. Like I think we sometimes completely forget that. Like the Plaza Hotel will, like you don't have to always go to. Um, like super small companies and then work for like half the price, you know, half of what you deserve and just live like hand to mouth. Um, that's um, you. I think like knowledge is power as well as, um, you know, being confident. And there's which also, we, well, yeah. Go, yeah, go ahead. Which we, no, no, no. no well, I was going to say that there's also this element that you strung throughout that advice, which is patience. Right. Like, oh, yeah, the don't think that it has to be this thing. Like, of course, there's a sense of like, I want it now. I want it now. Um, mm -hmm. But you're what from what you're sharing, it's like play the long game, you know, like try to yeah, try yeah. to be like think long term about your own personal sense of things. But then it's also like if you have these other ambitions to get like a permanent residence, you know, like your behavior should map to that, you know, and your, and yeah, your, yeah, yeah. Ac your actions should should speak in, in those in line with those goals. Right. Yeah. I think uh, sometimes uh, we as immigrant chefs just focus on 
like maybe the permanent <coughs> residency and then don't do uh don't grow and don't learn new things uh so then you're you're stunting yourself like immensely and what happens is um you're not relevant like when you 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 no longer become relevant you're just doing the same thing constantly so even if you go back to your country and i'm telling you india right now is absolutely insane they're paying the same as they would pay over here wow. it's growing so rapidly like restaurants are making like way more than they make like over here because uh i don't know like this when i recently went to india my the paychecks are very similar to it is over here so they're doing um like immensely well so don't think that if you at least if you've gathered knowledge and even if you have to go back you have something to show and you can like get these high paying jobs and us is not not the end all be all they're just um i know chefs have like gone back and they're now they've opened restaurants in mumbai now they're in 50 best you yeah, know yeah. restaurants in the world so uh having a bigger vision and not being like that's how it was for me i'm like if i don't get my like if i don't get the right visa whatever i'll just go home and i'll start over it, it's hard you know it might it might sound hard but i knew i had learned a good amount to like take back home so no makes a lot of sense i want to jump into rapid fire questions real quick okay. cuz i i know you want to you want to head to dinner soon um <laughs> let's see is there is there a book that's been particularly impactful for you whether it's cooking related or business related or self development related or even you know you had a great fiction book you read at a restaurant <laughs> that got you through got you through a hard time um i'm constantly like um trying to read like uh, self help is like my jam i think yep yep <laughs> um i um so in our industry i think you can get super stressed and you forget about like mental wellness and uh i try to use the books to um to like kind of um get me you know get me out of that zone and remember that there's more to life beyond like just uh you know that um mechanical go to work shower come home that sort of thing so um If there are a handful of books i think uh would be like think like a monk which i recently read was uh pretty great um then uh the 5 am club uh which has got some cool techniques uh about how you start your day um that's uh you know where you're using um it it talks about like the first hour when you wake up like you're you work out a little bit you use some time to write your goals down and then you also use a little bit of your time to uh just think and like meditate and think about what you want to uh do or grow in life um i think these have been pretty impactful uh, at the moment um and like food related uh i would uh say um i've been really into like i wanted to learn like pizza crust so i have uh, moza and yep. uh, yeah so um i think they have some really great like uh, pizza dough uh, recipes yeah so that's cool no that's that's awesome when when you go when when you make when you go and visit india and you can i'll let you pick the city what's mm-hmm. like your first meal 
or what's like the thing that you crave where you're like, thank goodness I'm back. I can eat X, X. <laughs> um, I think if I go back to my uh, city, Bombay, um, the first thing I want to do is I don't want my mom to get upset, but I do want to have chart, <laughs> like yep. street chart. Yeah. Uh, uh, of course, my mom's cooking as well. Um, I love her fried fish, but uh, I love uh, like pani puri and like uh, save puri. So um, I just absolutely want to like gorge on that. Totally. What's one thing that you've changed your mind on in recent memory? Something comes to mind. Um, I've changed my mind on um, not being very rigid with anything like taking others opinion like um thinking okay that can work too not saying uh, uh maybe something like in the kitchen where if i do cut an onion a certain way and someone else is doing it a different way it's okay as long as the job is done and it looks all right like um not like i think that also adds on to like micromanaging uh things so i think that um, I think the last couple of years, there's been a change in that, uh, which I think I was struggling with. I felt like my way or the highway, it doesn't work uh, like that. You somehow get a call right after this interview that you've just won an all expenses paid trip to eat at your dream restaurant. And when you get mm -hmm. there, there's someone you've always wanted to talk to waiting to have dinner with you. What is that restaurant and who is that person? Uh, I know the person is Oprah. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> because uh, she's the first uh, woman who motivated me. I, I come from a country that's very sexist, yep. very, uh, um, you know, like anti, like there. I mean, I was put down based on my skin color all my life. Like for 25 years, I thought I was super ugly until I came to the States. Um, so uh, when I would watch Oprah on TV, I was like, oh, there's a person who's my skin color and who's so impactful to the world. So I think she's the one who like, like literally drew me out of like believing that there is like a future for me. Uh, the restaurant, uh, I think I would like to like go on a walk in like um, Vietnam and yeah. like just get like bowls of like noodles and yeah. like grilled beef and like just um uh just like eat like street food that would be it dude bourdain took obama to get noodles and rt's yeah. gonna take oprah to go get noodles. Uh, oprah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the move uh one more question and then and then i want to i want to give you a, a couple um i want to give you space to talk about the the gig that you're working on and you know how okay. other people can get in touch with you but you, you shared a lot of really impactful advice. I have this question of, and you can tell me I've already shared it, but I ask, what do you think chefs can be doing better to help the next generation? And if you have any other advice to share, I'd, I'd obviously be curious to hear your thoughts there. Um, I think for Indian chefs, I would say um, there's no such thing as a secret recipe. Like share your uh, knowledge Try to make it like simple for them to understand. If you're teaching someone who has no knowledge of spices or food and that happens, you can like kind of relate it to something that they're familiar with. So being more open with sharing, especially like regional cuisine knowledge, um, 
I think that's important for like the new cooks or a lot of these amazing dishes uh, might even die. Like you may never, uh, you know, there's a high chance uh, that, and that's uh, literally happening with um, Indian food. So I also went to this city called Lucknow. It's, it's in the north of India and they don't have any tikka masala. They don't have these typical uh, Indian curries. And I learned so much, like learned about spices, but they were, they're so secretive about what they put in their, their gravies, their curries and the way they do things. I literally had um, um, a curry that was made of just bone marrow. Like I didn't know that we did we're just as cool as the French. Like, yeah. Yeah. It was so amazing, so delicious. But uh, they, uh, when I asked the cooks, like, what did you put in it? Like, how does this, how do you, like, extract the marrow? They were just, because um, they were, like, perfect, like, cylinders in the, the sauce. Um, they were just, that's how we do it. Like, we do it at 3 a.m. in the morning. So no one knows how it's made. So now no one, the world does not know about it. And after your restaurant closes or whatever happens, it might never, you know, no one will ever know about it. So I think uh, being more like generous with uh, knowledge is like very important for us as um, chefs, not just, I think a lot of us also push, like, this is your job. Like you're supposed to like chop onions. Like if they're curious about something or, or just call them over to your desk or wherever you're cooking. Hey, I'm making this XYZ sauce and it's got this, this, this. Um, I think that's very, uh, very crucial. Where do you think that? So I, I was just trying to di like determine in my brain because it's such a it's such a zero sum way of thinking of keeping your thing to yourself. But I, I was trying to figure out how to justify it. And the place where my head immediately went was, you know, there's that. There's that anecdote of ideas are shit. It's all about execution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think there's something that deters people from sharing their recipes or their techniques because you're sharing the execution part. Like you're actually right. telling someone how to do the thing. And there's mm -hmm. this fear that, well, there's this idea of this bone marrow curry dish. And mm -hmm. it's like, it's cool in theory that someone can make this, but I don't know how to execute it. And it, I think that there's this, maybe this fear that, if I tell someone how to execute it, they're going to, you know, put me out of business or all these sorts of things that people get scared of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, yeah, there's this, there's this like this deeper thing where it's like, there's the, mm. the legacy. It's like, you have the idea, you do the execution. And then if you do it well, there's a legacy to it and it can live beyond you. Mm -hmm, and I think mm -hmm. maybe people are missing that from, from, you know, what you're saying where it's like, it's not that, it, it's not that anybody wants to steal your bone marrow dish it's that right. we're gonna lose this amazing technique and someone else's because it's not like they're uh extracting I mean, imagine... ingredients from space or using right, something that right. the ingredients are here someone's gonna put right. that together in this i mean waste. imagine that dish i've never seen it outside of yeah i've never yep. seen it in mumbai like it's not even left that little town sure 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 <laughs> the, oh, thinking, so think about that's um I think uh, um, the I think the Indian culture is uh, if we don't share it, then someone else. Um, for example, like yoga, right? We were so secretive about it. It's like this and that. It's like a way of life, and uh, and now uh, people are like literally like banking on it, and they're not Indians. So um, why not it just be us? 
like sure. let us like like help um grow our um you know grow our culture and let the world like see it through our eyes instead of like someone else who like probably has half baked knowledge but they see the potential of that idea well cuz you give them the tools to actually do it well you know when you're yeah, open and sharing right. you know you can educate and be a part of that growth versus you know just let them see some people doing some stretches in an interesting way and then they decide yeah, to yeah, yeah, come yeah. back and call it call it exactly. yoga you know exactly yeah, so, so and that's the same thing that's happened with like indian food in the states i think they're yeah. only those eight dishes most of the time it's not good like yeah. so yep yeah 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 so floor floor is yours like any other topics you want to to discuss or 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 bring up or you know things you um want to want to chat through otherwise you can certainly feel free to share your gig i know that we haven't caught up caught up in a while so i'm curious to hear yeah, 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 what you're yeah. working on and and you know people that want to get in touch with you because i'm sure that there's going to be a lot of interest in either asking you questions or potentially working with you from this right yeah um so um during the pandemic i um tried a lot of different things it gave me the opportunity to uh really like just explore and uh take like tiny risks so i was like selling cookies that's what i started with and then i dabbled in a little bit of uh, uh I like infused cookies as well so i did that for some time and then um i started getting into the whole private chef uh situation and it was really interesting and um i got to meet some amazing people or talk to amazing people who wanted just like a private dinner and um i think um chefs are very afraid of the whole private chef thing like uh, you know i don't want to um um lower my standard or uh, what's the term uh, like i've heard sell out you don't want to yeah sell out like i don't know i don't even understand so, what yeah. that means mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um or i think if you're a person of color you're like oh i don't want to be like a maid too and that was one of my things like i thought i don't want to be like someone's help um but it's on the contrary they actually welcome you and they think you're a high professional and uh, the you know benefits are like they pay you really well and you learn you um uh i i actually cooked with someone um who was um a, the uh, was a cancer patient and uh, the whole family was celebrating her birthday there were like four or five of them and she was not really feeling too good but some i made her you know i made something nice for her and she was just so ecstatic that there was a special chef that her husband like got in so i think i was so happy to be a part of that moment and i think um oh sorry no you're okay i think i got a call which <laughs> yeah, is um okay. yeah um yeah so um uh i think as um, chefs like it's it's okay i think this whole uh, with you know with jobs like restaurants closing it's okay to venture into uh private chef i think it, it the rewards are amazing you can do any cuisine whatever your creative freedom plus you get to interact with um your client which never happens in uh, a restaurant so it's 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 fun and it's uh, very rewarding so i did that i've been doing that the past year um 
then consultant work like a um, there's a restaurant called Bombay Sandwich Company, which is a vegan restaurant in um, in New York City. Um, so we kind of just uh, created a whole new menu. So like a ghost kitchen concept where we're doing like vegan curries and vegan appetizers and desserts. It's it was super fun. And I um, it also made me understand that vegetarian food can be cool. Vegan food can be cool. Um, you don't have to like just go into tofu and seitan. Like you can do, you can use vegetables as stars. You can find um, proteins that you can actually enjoy. So uh, uh, that was really fun. And uh, I started my YouTube channel, so uh, Chef Arthi Sampad. Um, it's uh, it's a work in progress. I mean, I did some really, I, I was definitely nervous. My first video uh, stuttering and, you know, scared, but... I think I've learned a lot. Uh, you understand um, how social media really is, and uh, you have to like dress up even when it's a, it's a you know it's a uh, you're at home. So um, very different, totally different from uh, going into a kitchen and cooking. Uh, you know things are staged. You have to like understand timing. You have to uh, think about like how it looks. Uh, finally, the quality of the camera, et cetera, et cetera. So um, that was um, a lot of fun. And then um, I was doing a lot of research in spices and I'm um, getting into, um, I'm launching um, a, a masala, uh, which Whoa. is very, um, yeah, and it's, uh, we're still working on it. So um, it'll be um, a very, uh, I, I mean, I got more into like Ayurveda and learning about what these spices actually do for you, apart from them being super flavorful. So it's going to be called Majestic Masala. Okay. Uh, and uh, it's um, uh, this uh, very fragrant aromatic garam masala with like a very unique um, uh, Ayurvedic spices that will do a ton of good for you. So, um, I mean, I think I'm getting into that kind of cooking as well as a chef. Um, I really don't want to uh, just uh, cook food for only the tongue. Like, I want to cook also for your well-being and um, for overall well-being. So, I think this was a definite revelation for me as a chef this year. So, I mean, you might get inquiries across that board people who want to yeah. you know hire you for consulting people who want to work on you know oh, uh, the spices amazing. the spice projects people who want to help you with larger you know private chef uh, gigs that you might have because i know that's how it how it works you know the client wants you to right. cook for a party because you're the chef that they know you know yeah, so yeah. so would you recommend people just um contact you through your your website or is instagram easier like where do you want to send people to get in touch um Instagram is gay, great. It's A A R T H I underscore S A M P A T H R T underscore Sampat on Instagram. Um, I have uh, my YouTube, of course, uh, that you can check out a lot of recipes. Uh, it all, I also have my B Bobby Flay a biryani, which is I think I'm gonna put it on like in a in a week or so. So do like and subscribe. I hate saying that, but I have to. Gotta do it. I'm the worst <laughs> at it too. But it's like it's so depressing that it works and that all we have to do is ask and people do it. And it's just it's it. 
it feels like a shill, you know, like it's like, it, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It, it, I think for us chefs, it feels so strange because it feels like yeah. saying, leave me a good review on Yelp or like, yeah. leave me, <laughs> you know, like tell your friends like, Hey, send, send that photo that you just took to your friend. You yeah, know, that's yeah, yeah, what yeah, it feels yeah. like. And it's like, no, that's not what it is. It's a different, it's right. so different. And there's, it's always something to learn. Um, yeah. So absolutely. And cool. you can of course email me at RT at RT Sampad dot com if you go on my website rtsampad.com it'll direct you to my email so you Perfect. can do all of that i have a flight to new york scheduled technically for next month i don't think i'll be able to come next month but i okay. booked it because i had a flight credit or something but anyways i'm trying to hook up with all my new york friends uh soon oh, okay. so i, I wow. hope that i get to see you shortly um, yeah I maybe in may that. maybe not april but possibly may probably um, in may okay yeah. Okay. Oh, I also want to say that I'm yeah. a head chef at Chinese Tuxedo. There it is. So we're, so we're opening back uh, uh, next week. So we start trials again and just getting the team together. So awesome. so now, yeah, from Indian food, I'm in Chinese now. So uh, don't let your, uh, let you're the only person stopping you from doing different things. Um, you're a chef. If you're a good chef, you can be anywhere at any, you can like, you can, um, food is like, it cannot just be limited to a cuisine. Good food is good food. Like the techniques, if they're solid, um, you're just replacing like ingredients. That's how I look at it as. So, um, uh, if your techniques are solid as a young cook, um, yeah, the first five, seven years of your life, like get your techniques like 100%. Um, solid, and then uh, you'll be like a well-rounded chef. Preach. Thanks, Arthur, for coming <laughs> on the show. I'm going to let you go yeah, to dinner. Thank but you so this much. was awesome. Thank you so much again. Hey, thank for your time. you. Like, uh, thank you so much for the opportunity. This was really fun. Like, I got to speak so much. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's what it's about. And, and people uh, I know are just going to geek out about your advice and your experience. And, and yeah, it's, it's probably... Like there, there will be an episode too. I foresee yeah. it. So, how many again. Uh, people do you mostly uh, do um, listen to you uh, to your? Uh, like uh, how many? Podcast. I mean, it, it really depends. Approximately. Like it, it, yeah, I mean, it. You know, I'll have clips that will get you know two, three thousand views on just like the okay. clip, um, which oh, is wow. which is nice. But then like the individual podcasts also you know fluctuates between you know like four hundred and seven hundred listens per episode. Oh, wow. um, but, you know, that's a big ask, you know, because it's, yeah. it's an hour, hour and a half of people's time. And so yeah, yeah. It's, I, I find it's been valuable for me to do the, the clips as well as the longer episodes. Um, okay. And so, you know, it, it's a little bit of both. And so it's, it's hard to really nail down. Um, but yeah. it's like the YouTube channel has almost 23,000 subscribers now. And, oh, you know, wow. I'm working with an editor now who is, you know, helping me do more clips, which I hope to then put mm -hmm. on Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff. And, mm -hmm. you know, so it's just a, it's a, it's a passion project that also, you know, it helps me and it, it helps my friends, you know, so it's like, and it, it I'm just yeah, so passionate about amazing. like helping young, young chefs. And so it's, it's just, yeah. it's all exciting in my mind. Yeah. Thank you for doing that. That's awesome. I've got to look up your YouTube. Yeah, totally. Uh, it's just Justin? my name. Yeah, if you just look okay, up Justin yeah. Kana. Yeah, that's it. It'll all be okay. right there. And I'll send you all the links to everything if you if you want to share. And I know that you yeah, said yeah, a, yeah, lot of, a lot of URLs. And I know um, yeah. 
you know, we want to get the links right. And so all of yeah. that is like linked below. So you don't have to wor hopefully worry about everybody uh, going to okay. the wrong place. So I'll take so care of all I of that. can I share some of those um, clips? Yeah, the clips, thousand percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. once those are done, I'll make sure that to send you those links and you can share them wherever, wherever it makes sense. Okay, cool. Cool. Because it, it is a lot. Mm -hmm. it, it is nice to have your thoughts on topics documented like mm -hmm. this. You know, where you, you just get to share your thoughts on X, you know? Um, okay. And that's how I kind of divvy up the clips, too. So that'll be nice. Okay. Cool, cool. All right. Cool. All right. I'll let you get back to get back to your day. Thanks again. I'm sorry okay. for the timing. I know that was no, 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 uh, that's a little strange. Okay. okay, cool, cool. All right. All right. Uh, stay tuned. All right. Stay Bye. well. See ya. What's up? Justin here again. Because, I mean, if you're still listening, you didn't not like this episode, right? And if that's the case, I'd like to think that you'd get value from the other work that I share here online all focused on helping chefs and hospitality professionals perform better. If you don't have a lot of time, the best place to start is with the email newsletter that I write every single week called the 80-20 Edge. That's where I share knowledge on sharpening your skills, asymmetric upside, and exploring the industry beyond the status quo. And I say it saves time because I include all of the content that I published that week all in one place as kind of a weekly digest of sorts. Next up, you should check out my YouTube channel for gear reviews, clips from podcasts just like this one, and documented experiences from some of the best restaurants in the world. And lastly, if you'd like to learn about my intense cohort-based professional development focused course, get coaching from me to help you make your next move, or just support the show, you can check out justinconnor.com support. And if you do support this show already, that's greatly appreciated. Thank you. Finally, it really does help to share a review of this show on Apple Podcasts to help the podcast universe know that people like us like shows like this. And until the next episode, my name is Justin Kana, and I hope you have a good one.